0: My name is James Baca, the host of the Wirebank Sucks podcast. The Wirebank Sucks podcast is looking for enthusiastic and excellent sponsors for the show. Join us on our revolutionary podcast where we discuss things and make banking clients think and act decisively. Yours truly, James Baca, a 13-year veteran of retail banking and sales, can help your business shine through with an effective partnership with my podcast. We have, on average, as of June 2019, 8,000 listeners per episode and growing from all walks of life, a burgeoning follower base on Twitter and Instagram, along with nearly half a million Twitter impressions regularly. Get your business promoted on the most unique podcast out there, Wire Bank Sucks. For more information on sponsorship opportunities, Follow Bank Screwed Us on Twitter and direct message. Email james at wirebanksucks.com or please call our voicemail line at area code 575-322-4127. We're looking for the best. We're looking for the greatest. We're looking to help grow your business and we're looking to help grow our podcast. Let's make it happen, guys. Wirebank Sucks, looking for sponsorship opportunities. Please call today. Welcome to the Why Bank Sucks Podcast. My name is James Baca, and I'm here to tell you why your bank does, in fact, suck very much. What a long day that I had. You know, it's 12.38 in the morning on Labor Day Monday, and I am exhausted. I just got back from a six-hour drive from Phoenix, actually from the furthest points in Scottsdale, Arizona, all the way back to home base here in Las Cruces, New Mexico, and I am exhausted. But I have so much to talk about my little fun-filled holiday weekend trip you know, my wife and I decided to get away for a couple of days. Hectic, you know, she's busy with work, and I'm busy over here, you know, trying to make your financial lives better. I'm trying, you know, I sound like Bank of America's commercials whenever I say that, but I'm trying to help, you know, people out with at Bank Screwed Us on Twitter and wirebanksucks.com and this podcast, and I, I really am doing a good job, but, you know, it's taxing. You know, I am tired all the time. Over a 100 hours a week is invested um, to be able to do this project the way that I want to in the way that I want to be successful at it And that's going to be actually tested in a couple of days because I have jury duty I have to do jury duty um, Starting on Tuesday and it's going to be kind of infrequently throughout the month of September So I'm going to try to find a way to get these podcasts out Anyway, you know, it was one of those trips that we kind of threw together with about 10 days notice we got in the car Found an amazing deal um, for a room in Chandler Arizona and we just decided to get on the road you know there was a concert we wanted to go to and you know long drives and everything got away from my phone didn't get a chance to respond to Twitter the way that I like but it was fun it was enjoyable but I'm back um, and I have a couple of stories you know um, that came from this journey so you know we always alternate who's going to drive and who's going to be the passenger and whenever it was time for me to be the passenger I decided to follow up on Twitter and one of the things that I saw blow up On the way to Phoenix, I was in Tucson whenever I started to look at Twitter for the first time Friday night, was Topeka, Kansas. Um, And today's topic is going to be how Bank of America literally stuck it to the state of Kansas, particularly the capital, Topeka, by eliminating all the bank branches there, leaving ATMs, much like they did here in Las Cruces, New Mexico, at my old branch, But they did something just so shocking, so gutsy. I cannot believe Bank of America did this, and it was blowing up my Twitter. I was talking to several people from Topeka, Kansas, um, while I was um, a passenger in the car headed to Phoenix for a little mini vacation, and I got to tell you, it really bugs me what Bank of America did. Also on today's podcast, I'm going to talk to you about my little adventure in Phoenix and how I wanted to hit some, you know touristy spots if you will um yeah no i'm not going to camelback mountain you know i'm not going to go shopping i'm not going to go see a basketball game or a football game i went to places that really intrigued me Um, some of the places were quote-unquote off limits but i wanted to see them for myself and i wanted to um just kind of gauge what an amazing world it is that I'm six hours away from literally billions of dollars of money being cycled through all the major banks, and I got to witness it firsthand, or I got to see the building at least firsthand, and it was it was fun, and it was a work trip. It was pleasure, but I decided, hey, you know what, let's whip out the old Google Maps and let's just try to navigate to the places that um, give me and give you a lot of stress. So after this brief emotional consideration, I will be back to talk more about both topics, so please stick around. Wirebank Sucks listeners, this is James Baca, the host of the Wirebank Sucks podcast, inviting you to join us on Patreon. That's P A T R E O N dot com slash Sucks. For as little as $1 a month, you could help support the podcast, which helps us pay the bills, take care of our responsibilities, and allows yours truly, James Baca, the ability to work full time battling big banks with his patented version of vigilante customer service. The Why your Bank Sucks podcast not only discusses what is wrong with big banks, but it also lends a hand to clients in need who are being taken advantage of by bigger banks such as Bank of America, Chase, Wells Fargo, among others. For $1 a month, you can show your support in the battle for better bank service. We also have bonus podcasts and content along with merchandise at the $2, $5, $15, and $35 levels and you also have the ability to donate what you think we are worth. PayPal is also accepted, but I prefer to show strength in numbers by going to patreon.com slash sucks to support this podcast. We would love to have you as a patron and love that you're allowing James to work full-time kicking the butts of big banks. Thank you so much. All right, we are back. So I'm going to try to make this podcast really quick. So I'm going to get to the topic at hand. And it's Bank of America literally screwing over Topeka, Kansas. Now, you know, the name of my Twitter handle is at Bank Screwed Us. Well, if us is Topeka, they are being screwed by Bank of America. Um, it's it's a crazy story. You know, a few months ago, I read an article about Topeka, Kansas, Um having all of their Bank of America's closed as of August the 27th and um, it was during Memorial Day so they've had a few months to kind of get ready for the big change you know a little over 90 days and um, the reason why I recall that conversation so much that day was, it was I was at my grandmother's funeral and I was at my other grandmother's house and I was responding to tweets about hey Topeka is losing their bank of america's what's going on james and of course i was saying hey it's happening in kansas the way that it happens in new mexico and all these other states it's like they see no value in what they have there they see no new growth and they decide to cut ties and then the people that are there well you can choose to bank online but in reality they really don't want you to bank there anymore so you know one of the things that i read whenever whenever i was over there um back home during my grandmother's funeral was It was from the Topeka Capital Journal, cjonline.com is the website, just to cite the source here. And it says Bank of America to close all Topeka branches. And it says Bank of America is closing all three of its Topeka branches in August, but its three ATMs will remain open. Remember that, its three ATMs will remain open. Bank of America informed its customers of the closures and is referring customers to Bank of America and Lawrence, 900 Ohio Street, which is 24 miles from Topeka. I've never been to this part of Kansas. I've been to Kansas for a whopping 12 hours in my life, and I loved it. It was really nice. Um, a lot of Spanish-speaking people whenever I went there. I was really surprised about that, but it was really cool and a beautiful country. i just never been to this part of Kansas. An email sent to customers said location will close August 27th. Here's another um, spokesman of uh, Bank of America, not Colleen Haggerty. It's Diane Wagner. I don't really know her. And she said, the National Bank is always adapting its financial center and ATM networks to fit customer needs and, quote, provide the best opportunities for growth for our business. Well, at least she's being selfish as Alan's saying for our business. Um, You know, reading that, it just sounds like, hey, we're adapting to you, though. We're finding a way to continue to do business with you during these crazy, you know, changes in time. And it says, that includes consolidating centers where we have overlap. 24 miles away is overlap, I guess. And investing in new centers where there's a high growth opportunity. Meaning, um, yeah, you guys aren't growing nearly as fast as they would, say, in a higher you know, development area. Let's Say like Henderson, Nevada. Or let's say Cincinnati, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, where they never had Bank of America's before. So it's in Kansas, you're old news, you know. Um, there's, there's a new kid in town, and I think we want to be over there. And, you know, of course, they, they talk about employees, that they'll do everything they can to have um, employees find other opportunities. Good luck to you guys in uh, Topeka, who lost their jobs last week. That's hard. I've been through it. It's not fun. You work your butt off to put a brave face on for the customers, and they close, and they say, Well, you know, unfortunately, we haven't got anything for you, so we're going to let you go. Really, really sad. And But you know what? I went through it, and I made my peace with it. I did the best that I could to make... My customers have an amazing experience whenever we closed our branch, and I, I was successful at it. I was proud of it. We were number one in sales the last full month that we were open, and I was really proud of that. I was like, wow, I'm still able to influence people, even though I'm literally telling them that these doors are going to close on August the 7, 2018. So you know, Bank of America put that announcement out there, and I talked to people about it on Twitter, and it was frustrating for them, saying, hey, we love Bank of America, and they're leaving us. And I'm not going to drive all the way to Lawrence, Kansas to go, you know, take care of things in a branch. And I understand that. I feel for that. Not familiar with Lawrence, Kansas, except for the University of Kansas. So I know that it's a college town. There's probably a lot of growth there. One of the reasons why they're probably staying in Lawrence, Kansas as of now. Not a big thing. I've been through the closures. And I really think that it would have been fine had we, you know, went through a normal transition in Kansas but whenever i was on my little trip this weekend i was in tucson we had just got done eating and literally my timeline was filled with topeka 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 and i was like what's going on i knew they had closed i have a list of all the banks that have closed since i lost my job and i gotta tell you it's growing and growing so i didn't really expect Topeka to make a big deal so of course whenever my little keywords hit about topeka you know, I get someone from, um, from Topeka, her name is Kayla, and it says, Someone please explain why every Topeka location of my bank, Bank of America, permanently closed. And, and then there's another one here, and these are the ones that kind of caught my eye. Michelle, six cars deep at Bank of America ATM in Topeka on a Friday night because you, choose, you chose to pull all but two ATMs in town. Hashtag thanks for nothing. and then uh kathy kathy ray thank you bank of america for closing all Topeka, kansas locations as i sit six cars deep at one of only three atms left i believe there's three someone said two but it's three hashtag finding a new bank and kathy posted a picture of this insane line at this standalone atm and it's literally it's long it's you know if it was a drive drive through fast food restaurant i would not wait in that line i'd say you know what we're gonna go find another restaurant it's it's humongous but the one that really caught my eye was the one the first one that i had seen while i was doing my twitter search and it was from someone named bill and it says bank of america Despite closing your offices in Topeka and leaving only three ATMs in the entire town, I chose to stay, since I love your online banking and can do most transactions from the ATM. But today, I discovered I no longer can make deposits at the ATM. Hashtag fail. Hashtag need a new bank. When I saw that, I was freaking out. So he no longer can make deposits. So I, my first thought was... He's he's got to be mistaken, maybe, you know, because it was a busy, it's a busy day. The Friday before Labor Day is always crazy. Maybe the deposit machine, you know, the portion of it got stuck or malfunctioned and it's not accepting deposits. So I said, you're not able to make deposits anymore at that ATM? And while I was waiting for him to respond, I responded to that Kathy. And I asked her, I said, by the way, um, were you able to do deposits at the ATM or can you do deposits at, the, at that ATM? Waited for both of them to respond. About an hour later, I get um, just a simple no from both of them. And I asked Bill, I said, "Can could you do deposits before? He's like, yeah, I did one last week. And I was floored. I said some four-letter words, um, you know, in front of my wife. I was like, I, I can't believe this. So Bank of America closed Topeka's branches August the 27th. Okay, that's that's a week ago. You know, it's... it's was it a Tuesday? Yeah, it was a Tuesday. And that's how they closed our branch. I don't know why you don't close on a Friday. You know, you close on a Tuesday and everyone on Wednesday is like, hey, where the hell did the bank go? So they closed Tuesday, August 27th. I wasn't there. So I didn't see nor I didn't find out about it till Friday. But somewhere in between Tuesday at 4pm and Friday about 4pm, you know, my time, Bank of America not only closed the branches down, they actually pulled out the ATMs that did deposits. Because you could deposit up to 75 bills and uh, checks into the, into the ATMs, into the newer ATMs. And, you know, it's it's cool. You know, i got to admit, I like the technology. And I loved having it over here. And we're not going to have it over here either because they're pulling our ATMs on Tuesday. But they literally took the ATMs away from Topeka. They literally, in the dark of the night, Pulled the deposit ATMs and they just put the regular old-fashioned plain Jane vanilla ice cream ATMs that only allow you to pull out cash. And I was like, that's cold. Because, you know, the spokes, spokes beast said, hey, you know what, we're, we're adapting to meet our customers' needs. Are your customers' needs mean that you're going to literally do the switcheroo on ATMs in the middle of the night? How disgusting is that? I, 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 I Literally all the things that Bank of America has done to me, has done to my clientele over here in New Mexico, has done to the people that I talk to on a daily basis, I have never seen them actually lie to a group of customers. I'll be fair, in the Capital Journal article, it does mention three ATMs will remain open. It doesn't say that they accept deposits, but Diane Wagner with her copy and paste article says, you know, Includes consolidating centers where we have overlap and investing in new centers. And then ATM networks and financial centers needs and provides the best opportunities to grow for our business. And it's always adapting. Meaning it's adapting for the customers. So literally, you know, the whole goal of a manager of a, bran- a branch, of the people walking around with iPads in a branch is literally to get you to go to the ATM to make deposits. If someone says, hey, Mr. Customer, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good. I just need to make a deposit. You know what, Mr. Customer, I can actually take you out to the ATM and show you how to make that deposit at the ATM. That way, one, you get your deposit quicker, and two, you no longer have to wait in the line. And I wasn't great at referring people outside to the ATM, mainly because I didn't want to do it, mainly because I thought, hey, if you're going to come in here and talk to us, I'm going to talk to you back, you know, and... I did it every once in a while, I did it for new accounts, but I, I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Well, we did really good at it in our location, and we got gifted with a closure of our branch last August. So the people in Topeka probably trained their customers, and I guarantee you the bankers did, to make the initial deposit at the ATM, whether it's cash or check, to show them how it works, to show them how to use mobile banking, and to get them hooked to get them hooked and say, hey, this is the way to do it, you know, you don't have to stand in the line, you know, you're you're banking at your hours, not our hours. And I was good at selling that, that way, you know, and I think a lot of bankers are. But what happened in Topeka was just amazing to me because I guarantee you they were still opening accounts as of August the 27th. Now, I'm sure, to be fair to Bank of America, they were disclosing, hey, you know what, just to let you know, we're closing this on August the 27th, so we're no longer going to have this branch. And I'm sure they did that. Whether the customer listened or not, well, that's on them. But the fact of the matter is, I know damn well that if they deposited cash, that they went out to the ATM to make that deposit. And the fact that Bank of America literally switched out all the ATMs to take away deposit capability from Topeka, it, it's, it's one of the lowest blows I have ever seen Bank of America do in all my years of being associated with them. Because you taught you know you know that whole thing you know you give a man a fish he eats for a day and you teach a man to fish he eats forever okay so bank of america taught people how to fish they showed people how to do banking on their own empowering them to do banking saying you don't need us you got this machine right here and it's going to solve all your problems it works wonders this is the way banking is in the future and it's really really good and you literally take away the only lifeline that they have, basically telling um, Bill, the one that had um, mentioned to me first that the deposit capabilities are taken out, that, hey, the nearest ATM for deposits is Lawrence, Kansas, which is a 30-minute drive away. You're literally telling your customers that you have to drive 30 minutes to bank Not the way you want, the way we told you that you wanted it to have it. And it's so frustrating for those people. And I feel so bad for the people from Kansas because, you know what, we at least had deposit ATMs when they closed our branch. I cannot freaking believe that they literally switched them out. And what would be even colder, and there's really no way of tracking this, is if they pulled those deposit ATMs and they moved them to a financial center that they just opened in another market, like a Cincinnati or a Cleveland or Columbus, They're opening up a crap ton of them in in Utah and in Denver. So if that ATM makes a a journey to another state where it's going to be that particular branch's ATM, you talk about a low blow. You talk about a bank literally divesting in a town. And, you know, I know my state capitals. (laughs) I've known them since I was nine years old. And I got to tell you, uh, Topeka's, you know, firmly planted in my mind is one of the more important cities in Kansas just because of uh, my knowledge in third grade. But I, I literally cannot believe that they did that to someone. And the, I think the thing about it is, and this kind of goes to the other tweets that we had uh, about peak closing, especially the one um, with the photo that Kathy had posted on Twitter, is to see the long line of cars. Now, it very well could be, hey, people are slow with the ATM. People deal with that all the time. But to have that many cars deep with probably that many cars behind her tells me one thing. There's people going, "Hey, where the hell's the deposits at?" They literally freaking lied. They literally lied to their customers and as unethical as things go with Bank of America, that's just kind of a cheap shot because you told people, "Bank your way." Now, one may ask, "Why did they pull the deposit ATMs, you know, from these three locations in Topeka, Kansas. One, I don't know where Bank of America's central hub is in Topeka, you know, for the Topeka area relative to bigger cities. I'm not sure about that, so I, I couldn't speculate. But, you know, my hub is El Paso, Texas here from Cruces, Las Cruces, New Mexico, which is 40 minutes away. Um, this is the reason why Bank of America pulled it, because they are too cheap, and I will say it too cheap, to literally send one person or the armored car once a week to open up that bad boy to open up that atm and pull out the deposits they're gonna go there and they're gonna fill it with cash they're gonna fill it with cash but they're not going to take the extra step to give them one of those like really thick plastic bags, pull all the checks that are deposited, pull all the loose cash, and send it to a cash vault somewhere. They were literally too much of a cheapskate to just send a person once a week for that, and that that's just disgusting. I, I, I used to pull ATM deposits, and when I became a sales manager, someone else did it. It's literally a 10-minute procedure. It is not a hard thing. So even if you told someone to leave from whatever big town, let's just say that it's an hour away. To go an hour away, to go pick up the deposits, it takes ten minutes, an hour back. Two and a half hours, pay that dude twenty dollars an hour, fifty bucks, fifty bucks to meet the convenience needs of your customers, and plus you have the deposit ATM there. That way you could possibly bring more money into Bank of America. Isn't that great? No, it's not. They don't want it. So people of Topeka are screwed now. They're going to have to make a decision. So they're going to have to choose between do I stick with this bank who literally lied to us, who closed all of the branches in the capital city where all the lawmakers for the state of Kansas go, you know, for their state legislature or whatever they call it over there. You know, the important people go into there and money is there. You know, there's money everywhere in, in cities like that. So, you know, influential people are there. They decided to close up shop and move those branches, and they'll never come back likely. But then to also take away one capability of depositing into an account. And I know with online banks, non brick and mortar banks, it, you know, I'm preaching to the choir here, but it's, it's hard to figure out a way to put actual cash into an account where you don't have a physical branch. I understand that totally. But whenever a bank tells you one thing, they say, hey, it's going to be here, then it's not and then they either tell you why well, you got to go 30 minutes away or you just can't do it, they're pretty much telling you that you have no other options. And, you know, closing out your account's probably not the not the worst thing in the world for you at this point. And that's sickening. It, it just really is. So, you know, they're too cheap to actually just pay someone to pull the deposits, and they move the ATMs out, likely giving them to another bank. And this is indicative of what I've been telling you guys since I started this podcast. You know, when Bank of America closes a location, it's not to let me let me get the quote here again Um, the national bank is always adapting its financial center and atm networks to fit customers needs no screw that they're going where the money is they're going where the money is and you don't have it so we're taking away your toys unbelievable i talked to those people from tucson to phoenix it was you know late at night but i was responding to them and i was being straight up with them i said honestly this is why i fight the battles that i fight because It's so disheartening to tell you that they did something like that to you because, one, bank managers get incentivized to lower the transactions inside the branch, which means someone got paid to kick you out of the branch and go to the ATM or to mobile. And two, after they got you hooked like a drug dealer on those options, they took them away and now literally... If you have a check, you can still use mobile. Okay, yes, I understand that. So don't send me any tweets saying, hey, James, you can still use this. It doesn't mean that's that ends. I understand that. Can't deposit cash through the mobile app, can you? And And what have I said in other podcasts? Bank of America just does not want to deal with paper money anymore. ATMs are a necessary evil for them. They don't want to deal with $1 more than the ATMs that they actually stuff. It's crap. It is horrible, and I feel for the people of Topeka, Kansas. I have a feeling that I'm going to be seeing these tweets a lot the next couple of weeks as they transition away from having branches. Um, I got to tell you, though, I am not loving this. And you know what? To Diane Wagner, Colleen Haggerty, and all the spokespeople of Bank of America, you guys are disgusting. There's no other way to put it. You guys are disgusting because, you know what, I got paid to lie for Bank of America, you know, all the things that I had to do as a salesperson to give people false hope whenever I knew that it wasn't true and because I was trying to get my, my, my nut, you know, I was trying to get my paycheck, my bonus, and the bank was trying to hit its goals. I didn't outright do anything unethical, but I did kind of fudge the truth. And it's hard. And, it's, and, and I live with that guilt every single day. And if my penance is talking about this and telling you exactly how it is, oh well, by God, I'm going to do it. Um, Topeka, Kansas, I'm thinking about you guys. It's it's really amazing how Bank of America can just literally forget about your town. And yes, they have ATMs there. Honestly, if anyone from Topeka wants Wire Bank Sucks stickers, I'll gladly send them to you and go ahead and slap them on those ATMs. I, and I, I told people, I said, hey, you know what, I'm not going to promote not vandalism, I guess, is the wrong word on here. But you know what? Make a statement. You know, tweet at Bank Screwdess, at Bank of America as well, at B of A help. And you tell them this is this is crappy. And if you want the Kansas market president's email address or you know just Kansas City or whatever, I will get it for you. And you need to make your voice heard, okay? Complaining on Twitter is one thing, but you know what? Saying, hey, you know what, I can't believe what you did to my hometown. That's, that's the next level stuff right there. So my friends in Topeka, I'm thinking about you. I cannot believe Bank of America did that to you. And shame on you, Bank of America. Shame on you. And you know what? It, it, it's something that I, I, I can't even find humor in. So um, I'm going to try to transition after this brief promotional consideration. I'm going to talk to you about my little Phoenix uh, trip that just ended today. And uh, the sights that I saw. So please stick around. All right. And we are back. So as part of my vacation, I was going to just go spend a couple of nights in a really nice room. It was um, the Cambria Hotel in Chandler. Really nice place. If you're in the Chandler, Arizona um, area, I highly recommend it. It's got a nice pool. The rooms are brand new. They're still it's about a year and a half old. We got there whenever it was brand new last year. Loved it. It was like $50 a night. Guys, It's it's worth double that minimum. Really nice part of town. There's some good restaurants. The mall is right there. There's a lot of shopping within walking distance. So, you know what? I highly recommend going there. It's not, they didn't pay me for that and I wished they would, but um, go there. It's really cool. So, anyway, you know, we're there at the hotel and we're going to a concert. I'm an old metalhead, so I went to go see two of my favorite bands, Korn and Alice in Chains, at the Occhin Pavilion in Phoenix. And I was excited. You know, it was all about just kind of blowing off some steam, getting away from work, getting away from this project for a while. And, you know, one of the things that you want to do whenever you go on a trip like that is kind of kill two birds with one stone. So, of course, I did some shopping. I ate at some really good restaurants. And, you know, I was able to relax. I was able to get in a swimming pool and forget my worries. I was able to not, you know, worry about having to clean up after myself when it comes to towels and stuff like that. You know, it was really nice. Um, But there was an idea that whenever we got over there, it's like, hey, I just want to check out a couple of sites, a couple of memories that I had. So being in Chandler, Arizona, and working for Bank of America for so long, um, I know that there's a Bank of America campus in Chandler, Arizona. And um, one of the things that happened in 2016, and it's, of course, one of the titles of my books, Bank of America nearly made me homeless in 2016. And there's one particular home loan officer in that Chandler, Arizona home loan office that literally did the most unethical thing to us, uh, my wife and I. Um, three years ago and it literally made us uh, days away from not having a home we were sleeping on the floor of our apartment that was emptied that we begged to, to be led back in for one week after we had um, put our notice in because Bank of America did all that they could to deny us a home loan and I want you to read the book of course I won't tell you in, in depth what the story is but long story short they you know Bank of America got us in touch with one of the top tier loan officers uh, from the Chandler, Arizona office. She was what's called pinnacle club, which is like the top 1% of the 1% of bank of America. And they get to go to these little cool retreats in um, Arizona, Dallas, all these places. They get to hobnob with all the big shots. They get to make connections. They get to have free food and drinks. They get to stay at an awesome resort. And even last year, um, the last year that I was there anyway, at Bank of America, um, the Pinnacle Club people got a, a speech from Tom Brady, six-time Super Bowl champion, four-time Super Bowl MVP, one of the greatest players to ever play um, the game of professional football, was there talking to Bank of America, top salespeople, top staff. Yeah, I was jealous. I got to admit, I was pretty jealous when I heard about that. Um But anytime I think Pinnacle Club, I think of this person that literally nearly made my wife and I homeless. So, you know, it bugs me. Anytime I hear Chandler, Arizona, I'm like, that's where she works. That's where she works. And I would just get so frustrated. And I had seen this place before in passing. It was late at night or whatever. So, you know, the other day, yesterday, actually, uh, my wife and I were just saying, hey, you know what, let's just, while we go get something to eat, let's just look for the home loan office and, you know, see where it's at and just kind of scope it out and see what it looks like. So I I, I hit, you know, where is Bank of America's home loan office on Google Maps? And it's .4 miles away. And I'm, like, looking at the phone. And then I just look up just to see if it's a green light. It's like, hey, Son of a Gun's right in front of me. <laughs> so we, you know, we drove by it right there. It's a huge building. It's like four stories tall. There's several hundred parking spots. And knowing what I know about the person who helped us, and the people that I used to refer my customers to, honestly, it's just a bunch of little cubicles. And these people are literally chained. And I'm gonna say it that way. They are chained to their desks by their phone headsets, eight hours a day, with a thirty minute lunch. And all they're doing is talking bringing in you know business hundreds of thousands of dollars at a time to bank of america and all of them have sales goals all of them have competition with one another all of them have the knowledge to try to find the customer that's going to get them the bonus so all of them are basically promising customers on the other end of the world and hoping that they virtually sign on that dotted line so one thing count that application as credit That way they hit their goals that way they get bonuses of several thousand dollars a quarter it's an amazing thing and that the person that who helped us was the top tier person but what i learned about having top tier people in that particular field is they're going to start to judge you a little bit more on your home value based on you know where you live how much money you make and whatnot or how hard it's going to be to get you approved so, you know, with myself not having the best of credit, but having decent credit, and my wife having great credit, it's a little bit more work to help us. But you know what? As a Bank of America associate, I, I, I wanted more. And you know what, I always used to feel that um, associate banking, employee banking, whatever you want to call it, always treated Bank of America employees the worst, because I think they almost had this expectation of, I don't need to prove how good I am. This guy knows what it's like, you know, behind the scenes at Bank of America. No, actually, I don't. I want you to treat me like a customer, and I want you to do your best for me. So, you know, long story short, we went through... A nearly four month long process to get our home loan and it was taxing my wife and i were stressed we were just you know freaking out at every turn because they weren't returning calls and they would ask for the same documents over and over again it was disgusting and there was a point in time where the the top tier pinnacle club home loan officer from chandler arizona decided to um, withdraw her name from help and they transferred our loan documents over to another person who made it just as hard and we asked for a transfer for another to another person and they made it as hard It, it almost seemed like bank of america didn't want me to do that um loan you know and i i didn't understand why considering i was an employee considering that i worked hard considering i sold those loans for a living it was really mind-boggling to me how they treated us and i gotta tell you my wife was crying every day i was stressed out i hated going to work especially um trying to refer home loans to the people in front of me because i was like let me put you on the phone and in my head i'm like let me put you on the phone and subject you to the same torture that i'm currently going through at home really really awful and you know i go to phoenix often but i don't normally go to that side of town so driving by this homeland office it really brought back a lot of memories it really brought back a lot of bad memories and um you know i've made my peace with it i'm in my house right now i'm talking to you on a podcast in my spare bedroom so i gotta tell you i'm really pumped and excited i have this house but i will always remember how people in that building treated me and my wife and it was really really hard um to deal with and you know what The reason I do this podcast is uh, for buildings like that, who literally anyone who picks up the phone is really not giving a you-know-what about you, and that's not the way that it should be with um, any bank, it doesn't matter big or small, and seeing just this big, nondescript campus, and there's two buildings, you know, mind you, and it's right next to a gas station and across the streets... uh, TJ Maxx department store, and then there's In N Out Burger, and there's a pizza place nearby. You know, it's this big multi billion dollar faceless corporation just in the middle of suburbia, you know, in just the middle of stores and food places. A couple of banks are around there, but you know, there's all this growth, and then there's this giant growth, meaning cancer, um, when it comes to Bank of America just um, selling, you know, $120,000 plus home loans. By the hundreds, every single hour in that campus with their little um, talkie headset things here, and it's just it's just too much. So I took a couple of pictures for posterity. I was like, hey, that's the place that houses the person who literally almost ruined my life, and I just wanted to drive by that and just just remember. And there will be a point in time where, while well, my book is is coming out in full force, really really soon. Um, hey, what the hell, let's get her some sales. I want to put her contact information on there or something. I don't know. We'll see about that. But it, it's just really frustrating, and I got to tell you, it's um, it was cathartic in a way. I went by there to say, hey, you know what? You probably don't even remember me, but I remember you, and I'm never going to forget. I don't care how big that building is. I don't care how cool you are with your customers. You literally changed my focus at Bank of America to – God, I love this company. I want to work hard to get as many people as I want for it to telling my customers, you know what, this is what to expect. So I just want to give you a heads up. This is the way that they act. And I, I used to say that. I say, you know what, I want you to understand that I'm here to help you. And if you feel like you're not being helped by these people, you let me know. I kind of gave them an out before they went deep into it, which maybe cost me some business. But at the same time, I slept at night. I slept at night knowing that I, I was true to my customers. So, um, I'll post the pictures on my Twitter at being screwed us, of course, Uh, It's just a couple of pictures and I didn't like park or anything weird like that. You know, it's just, I didn't want to be creepy because there were people, you know, in the office complex. I just wanted to show, show you guys what this building means to me and, and, and how it's just there just to make billions of dollars for the company. So, you know, today, the last day of the trip, I want I wanted to do really bad was, well, one of the things we talk about on the podcast is Evil Zell. You know, Zell owned by Early Warning Services LLC, a company that is owned by all the major banks, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Capital One, USAA included, to transfer money between bank accounts using only telephone numbers and email addresses. According to Brian Moynihan and according to Zelle, $75 billion of the world's money, that's a huge amount of money, that's bigger than most countries, went through Zelle to transfer peer-to-peer. I, I can't tell you how amazing that is to me. And I understand whenever you're pushing a product like that, that absolutely, that people are going to be able to um, make up that number really, really fast. You know, $75 billion is really easy to get to 100 a $1,000 at a time. So the fact that they did that is just astounding to me but it also tells me whenever i deal with Zell fraud whenever i deal with people who send money to their spouse literally in the same room like i did and not only do they not get their money instantly it takes four or five days longer than any bank to bank transfer would have under normal circumstances even three years ago would have taken and it's just amazing how that happens So Zelle, you know, of course, is very complicit in um, allowing people to commit fraud using their app. I've said it before and I'll say it again. It is really easy to commit fraud on Zelle. If you know anything about setting up email addresses or sending, you know, phishing emails or whatever, you get someone's information, you could totally ruin their life. And there are people who have had their lives ruined because of Zelle. So seeing all this stuff. And then just, you know, talking to people about it. I have a friend who works in the industry you know, in Arizona. And they were telling me, you know, they were saying, hey, you know, this Zal thing is weird. You know, they're in Scottsdale. And, you know, of course, the name is Early Warning Services. So it's weird to me that the world's operations are just kind of in that building, you know. So I was like, yeah, that's just beyond me. So I did a Google search where is Zell? where is early warning services llc and it's actually this office building in scottsdale and it's frank lloyd wright road or something like that so we drove about 20 miles and it's, it's way out there you know the far reaches of scottsdale and we pull off and all the buildings look the same it's all that weird brown a lot of glass they have a couple of trees and they have you know. They have a bunch of parking spots there, and they have some covered parking for the quote important people, whoever the hell that is at Zell. And um, we're driving into the driveway, and I, uh, my wife didn't see it, but I saw it, and it says, uh, "Private property violators will be prosecuted." And uh, if I would have probably told her that, she would have freaked out at the moment. But I said, "Hey, that's just park," and I just want to look at it. And then you're looking at this place, and it literally looks like any other office building in. The United States of America, but in there, seventy-five billion dollars of bank-to-bank transactions is going through. It is it is humbling to think that building has so much power in the world. Not to mention that early warning services is much like check systems, and they actually, you know, discuss delinquent accounts with you. They actually do collections on delinquent accounts. So whenever you screw up on your account, chances are you're talking to that particular company. And um, the fact that they hold the cards for um, doing collections on closed accounts or closed relationships, and they're also transferring money that has been known to be delayed or fraud. Um, it strikes me as a bit hypocritical, as a bit uh, conflict of interest-y, if you will. And, you know, Zelle doesn't mention anything of it. Zelle's customer service is as trash as I can think of of any other bank. So they never really mention anything about it. And seeing... This building here, it's a total nondescript building. Like I said, it looks like every other office building. Uh, Apparently, they're closed on Sundays. There was um, four cars there, and all four of them were, uh, they weren't Jaguars. They weren't BMWs. They were, you know, Ford Tauruses. They were, like, really nondescript older cars. And that leads me to believe it's one of two things. It was either just the janitorial staff or it's their social media team. Unless their social media team is doing it from somewhere else, I don't know. But there was literally four cars there, and I'm like, wow, there's got to be a security guard here. So I told my wife, I was like, let's go outside really quick. Let me uh, take a picture with my Wire Bank Sucks business cards. And I just want to take a picture underneath the Zell logo. I wanted to wear a suit and everything, but not, you know, I was like, I don't want to take this many clothes to wear for a second. And where am I going to change at and all that. So I was like, I'm just going to wear a T-shirt, 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 and just take a picture. I'm just proud to have been here to see this building that is literally giving... Hundreds, if not thousands, of customers on Twitter stress in the year I've been doing this project, and seeing how those people in there probably make six figures, and they don't care about you know Johnny in Ohio's hundred dollars Zelle transfer. It's it's really humbling to to think about that because you think of bank towers as these big humongous structures where CEOs get limos, and you know, no, it's a call center. It is basically a workspace where people are on computers all day. And they don't actually see money. They don't actually deal with money. But they control a lot of the world's money because these major banks are telling you to use Zelle. And I got to tell you, it's pretty astounding. So, you know, anyway, we took about 10 or 15 pictures there. We did a circle around the building. I took a couple of pictures of the outside. You know, not for any nefarious purpose. I just wanted to see this place that looks kind of like a community college or something. You know, it was just really weird. And it's just out there in the middle of nowhere, yet it's the center of the world for a lot of banks so driving around that seeing that and just knowing that this is a company i want to take on this building is three four stories tall well i'm six one and i'll take you all on because guys zell is nothing but trouble dealing with so many people who have had um scams through zell or who have literally sent money to friends and family what zell tells you and that money is not there for days leading people to You know, be late on their rent payment, to be late on their bills, and then Bank of America tells you, hey, talk to Zell, and then Zell tells you, hey, talk to Bank of America, and no one gives you a definitive answer. That's frustrating. And that makes me want to take them on more. So to see on a Sunday, and and Bank of America does this too and other banks do it too work on a Sunday 24-7 customer service if literally all those people in that building were you know janitorial staff then no one is working in that company while literally a good slice of the the world's financial pie is going through that that building right there and it's just crazy to me it's crazy to me and they need to put more effort in into that if Banks want people to go paperless and use alternative methods like Zelle. you got to give them a reason to. So, you know what? I never was for the elimination of Zelle until I started to see how they treat people who got scammed. And you know what? You never victim shame and you never victim blame someone who gets ripped off. Zelle does that and the banks that... How is that person's accounts do that? And it's just horrible stuff. So I will fight tooth and nail until I'm either banned for life from that vicinity, which I probably am already, or um, we find a way to get Zell's attention. We find a way to get the attention of the important influence influencers, if you will, the decision makers of the federal government, of the banking industry, and tell them, hey, this Zell thing is not cool. The Zell thing is promoting unbanking of... Um, needy clients when i mean needy i mean either poor or older who don't know how to use zelle and it's leading to them having to find a way to deal with their finances a different way because they one don't know how to use zelle and use online banking and two they don't want to know but zelle and big banks are pushing this narrative and we got to find a way to stop you guys so you know Tweet out to Zelle, show them that there's a problem, tweet out to your bank and say, hey, I don't like Zelle, why are you guys doing this? To hold them accountable, and I'm going to work as hard as I can to do that. The reason I took a photo op here was because, you know what, frankly, I'm writing a book about Zelle. I'm writing a book about Zelle, I'm writing a book about how, you know, they're in cahoots with banks, and it's scary that I have to write that book, but it's reality, and it's something that I have to deal with, and it's something you guys are going to have to deal with, because... You know what, Topeka, Kansas just lost three of their banking centers and they lost their ATMs. Bank of America said, forget about you guys. And they'll mention Zelle, they'll mention other ways of doing business, and it's not practical. There's not going to be someone to help you in Topeka in case Zelle screws you over and they wouldn't help you anyway if they were there. So it's just finding a way to unbank so many people. And people think that banks want more customers, more accounts. They really don't. They want less customers, they want less accounts, but more important accounts, more premium accounts with a lot of money and a lot of growth potential. You know, some little old lady in Topeka, Kansas, is not going to decide to buy a car at 90 years old. If she has old money, well, guess what? Old money can only go so far. Bank of America is going to say, hey, you know what? Use our online app. Use Zelle. Or, you know, it's going to be kind of hard for you to bank now, is it? People are having to uproot their bank accounts because of this little office building in the middle of Scottsdale, Arizona. No, thank you. Not not because you know banks are trying to push the agenda of paperless transactions. Well, paperless transactions leads to people paying less attention to their transactions, which leads to a lot of issues, a lot of error, a lot of theft, a lot of fraud. And Zelle is complicit in that. Zelle is complicit in that. Bank of America, USA, PNC Bank, all these places that have a hand in Zelle, they do. I took a picture for posterity because I will beat you guys. I will find a way to use all of my energy to show people. If it means talking to Congress, if it means talking to a major newspaper and let them know what I've seen. I didn't work for Zelle. I worked for Bank of America. And you know what? Seeing how it treated my customers, how Zelle treated my customers, seeing how Bank of America home loans and just home loan departments in general for big banks treat their customers Seeing how a bank has so much disdain for a state like Kansas and much a city like Topeka. Literally giving giving them an option to use once their branch is closed and in the dead of night, literally switching out the ATMs and saying that option's not available anymore. Guys, the reason I did this podcast, all those reasons are reasons why your bank sucks. My name is James Baca, and after this brief promotional consideration, I will be back to wrap it up. See, I was fast this time around, so please stick around. All right, we are back. Thank you so much for listening. Patreon.com slash WireBankSucks. Donate at least $1 to the cause. If you donate at least $1 today, um, it won't come out of your account until October 1st. So you have a month of being a member of the Cool Kids with uh, James Bacchus Club, the Wirebank Sucks Club. I will have some podcasts in the really near future, guys. I've been um, behind on that. And I do apologize, but a lot going on, and time is running out. I'm trying to save money. I'm trying to earn um, a living here. So I'm going to push hard to get people to buy into Wirebank Sucks and everything that I do there. At Bank Screwed Us on Twitter, at James B is Right on Twitter. Uh, to any sponsors who are interested in sponsoring the podcast, I have some amazing rates going on for you to air your amazing product on my amazing podcast with a minimum 10,000 listeners every single time. Uh, James at wirebanksucks.com or area code 575 4127 I would love to talk to you. I would love to know about your business. I would love to promote your business. I would love to have a strategic partnership to make us both really successful. I am a salesperson through and through. I am someone who believes in my brand. I can believe in your brand. As long as we have a joint effort, we can move mountains. So please, if you have a company and you want to get it out there and you want it to be bigger than what it is, well, guess what? I'm I'm reaching for the stars, my friend. And I got a lot of projects that are getting some national attention. So please, please call me or email me. I would love to talk to you about it. Friends, I got a couple of books coming out really, really soon. Bank of America nearly made me homeless, and Beer Money. I will have those out really soon. I promise. Um, and I gotta tell you, thank you so much for everything. I have another podcast in the can about money that I have rescued on behalf of a customer at Bank of America that I will air later on this week. I wanted to post this on here with just a heads up that hey, I'm not gonna. Be around for a lot of twittering on Tuesday because I am stuck in jury duty. Hopefully, I get out of there fast. Hopefully, if they pick me, that I'll say, "Hey, I'm going to say that they're guilty." With you know, <laughs> within a minute. And no, I'm just kidding. I want not do that. I'll be ethical and honest about it as much as I can, as much as my bank customers, you know, wanted me to get that done. And I'm going to get back to work. And I'm going to work hard to find an amazing sponsor to find an amazing partner for my podcast. And I'm going to be here to help you guys you know we've rescued over $105,000 in the last 4 months. I'm really proud of that. I'm going to work hard to rescue that much more from big banks whether it's Zelle transfers, fraud claims, reversals, fees. I'm going to find a way to get you a conversation and get you your money back. That's the wire bank sucks promise, you know, promise vigilante customer service promise, James Bacchus promise. I'm going to work hard for you. So thank you so much for working hard for me and listening to this podcast. I really wanted to do this one kind of on the fly because there's a lot of things that were important to me and the project that I do. And I wanted to get it out there. So thank you so much for listening. I'll be back a little bit later on in the week with an awesome podcast about rescuing some money for an awesome person in my home state of New Mexico. So until then, my friends, I will talk to you soon. My name is James Baca and I have just told you why your bank sucks. Thanks so much again. You guys have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye.